Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? Or in the case of today, we're interviewing who? I'm your host, Dana, or the DHKs I've known, and my guest today is Greta Lee. She is here to talk about her new film, Past Lives. And I gotta say, Past Lives is one of my favorite films of the year so far. It's this beautiful story about these two childhood friends who grow up in Korea. Greta plays Nora, who is one of the childhood friends. She and her family emigrate from South Korea to North America. And then Past Lives is about what happens when they reconnect later as adults. We do go over spoilers in this interview, so please have seen the film because one, it's a beautiful film, and two, this will make a lot more sense, and then come back to this interview. And just a tiny caveat, and I, I will now assume at this point you have seen the film if you've made it this far into the intro. I do ask her about awards. I meant it in the context of, you know, the sort of theme of the characters constantly talk about the character of Nora being interested in awards, not asking Greta if she's going for an awards campaign. I just want to be clear on that one. And now, without further ado, here's we're interviewing who? What do you admire most about Nora? I admire her unabashed ambition. I love how unapologetic she is about everything she wants out of life and her supreme confidence in just owning that. I, I I do love that about her. I don't know if this is a testy subject, but can I ask what award you are currently aiming for right now in your... <laughs> Honestly... It doesn't have to be this I, industry. It could be like a totally tangential... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... No, but really, I, I just like, I cannot believe... I just want people to see this movie. And I know people say that, but it was such a labor of love and it feels like such a miracle on so many levels that like the idea that it's now playing at the theater that I grew up going to like on a bad date in the eighth grade, like I, that just blows my mind. And I really, I, this is not a cop out, but I can't even think about like awards. I'm just like, no. oh, God, please come see the movie. And yeah, I don't know. I loved that as a, like a framework for her progression, right? Where it was always tied and she had the through line, but there was like, she, she was finding herself through the ages yes. and being like, yes, it's this. Yes, it's this now. And it all felt true to me, but you know, she was discovering more about herself and like, there's more to the world than just the first thing you set your mind on. Right. I, I am curious what the most emotionally challenging scene was. Oh, all of them. <laughs> Fair. All of them. <laughs> really... Really exposing and vulnerable making. I mean, my co-star Teo Yu has such an innate and inherent like Germanic melancholy because he's he's from Germany. He's very comfortable living in that space. And he was really supportive and he really enjoyed watching me flail about with my own, I don't know, dealing with like how emotionally naked a lot of these scenes were. I mean, I the um the last scene the emotional payoff of the movie was kind of hinging on that last moment that was scripted as this, as she cries. But there was no way for me in my prep to rehearse that. Like, that's not something I can like go to my room and turn off the lights and like eke out some tears and see how that goes. There's no way. I mean, it is absolutely the closest thing to acting uh, skydiving. You just, you, there's no way. Even in the rehearsal, you know, when they're setting up cameras and we're hitting remarks and stuff, the way that I, I couldn't even give any sort of preview of what it was going to be. So I had to like clap my hands and say, and now I am crying. And everyone was like slightly horrified. I'm like, oh my God, what is going to, is she going to do it? What is it going to be? Um, Celine jokingly was like, you're not going to clap, right? But I, that was really, um, yeah. That was, that 
that was something I have never had an experience like that. And we're shooting it in one take and like, oh my gosh, there, there are so many different variables to that that made it super challenging and scary. I now kind of want to see a performance where somebody claps through crying. Though, and just, I like, am <laughs> crying. Yeah, yeah, this is like, yes, this is. I am curious what the longest running connection that you've maintained in your own life is, you know, be it like a friend from childhood or, you know, college buddies. I am weirdly so close to all of my college friends still. And some of them, we even went to middle school and high school together. Well, like, like these really long lasting friendships. Um, and my husband, we met in college. At this point, we've been together for almost 20 years. So I guess, yeah, I'm of the camp of like no new friends. Is that what that means about me? <laughs> I, I'm I'm of a similar camp. Um, you know, I, I've retained a friend from preschool. That's how oh aggressively God, I, I refuse to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it spoke to me just because like, we, you know, we reconnected through Facebook because we're of the era that like the movie takes place. And I was just like, oh yeah, that's how we can still talk to each other in this well, modern yeah. age. But yeah, you guys have Enyun. It's like the movie. Like yes, you guys, yeah. yeah, you guys are the movie. We, we are the boo. Yes. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. Okay. As a former New Yorker, myself as well. Yeah. Do you have a memory tied to some place in the past there that like no longer exists, sadly, because it's a constantly evolving city? But like, do you have a formative core New York City, like, oh, this diner or this theater or whatever? Yeah. Okay. I came up waiting tables at uh, m- the Momofuku restaurants by David Chang. I used to live down um, the block. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And so I guess, you know, Sambar was where it was a very like seminal experience for me at that time. It was a heyday of those restaurants that David Chang was like the first Korean American in my immediate periphery who was holding that space. And it was so inspiring. And I waited tables on a lot of now coworkers. I've given them pork buns and I, it's a private secret that I have. I'm like, I I know you. We have met before that I'm not always, you know, ready to reveal when we work because, you know, I don't want to remind them that I was once, you know, a much, much lower status than they were, you know. <laughs> you, you were on a path to, you know, everyone's a different, has anyone recognized you at all? Like, oh, hey, I think. <laughs> restaurant. I uh, not that I know of. Cause that exchange is very personal. It's very revealing. Like if you were waiting on someone, like what th- that, like that version of each other, like maybe is a little too vulnerable making. Fair enough. Yeah. What is the most challenging cultural hurdle you feel you've ever had to overcome? I think it's rooted in, in the language stuff. I think that like, um, growing up Korean was my first language. I like a lot of immigrant kids, like I had that experience where it was like something I had such a love hate relationship with, like it's something that I desperately wanted to shed and distance myself as much as possible. And then realizing into my adulthood, like what a loss, like it's such a great tragedy. Um, And it wasn't until I did this movie that I, it was like, I remembered that I can actually speak Korean and it totally blew my mind. Like I mean, in a way, it's similar to what, what Nora experiences, where I just remembered there's like this whole other chamber to my identity that had like been on ice in some way. I mean, it's it that's like that's the painful truth of it. And now I'm dealing with the devastation of of now like saying goodbye to that part of myself, at least for now. I mean, my the reality of my life is I'm not speaking, I'm not immersed in Korean in the way that Nora is or in the way that it was required of me as an actor playing her. 
what is the first time, if ever, you felt represented on screen? Seeing Sandra O oh on Grey's Anatomy. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was in college at that time, the first time I saw her. I think it was, it goes so much further than just seeing like an Asian woman on screen, but it was like her character work and like her ability to, I mean, that character, Christina Yang was so fully fleshed out and she took up space in such a radical way, at least for me, in terms of what I was able to see um, in contrast or the lack thereof. Um, and I just remember watching her and, and, and wondering like, who is that? Like, how, how dare they? Like, that's allowed. That's so amazing. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I loved that. She also, you know, she was a feminine character, but she did not fit into the same sort of space that some of the other characters were, you know, she, she was unapologetically crass and direct and all this stuff. And I, I just love that yes. part about her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And maybe she wasn't crass because it was network, but you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> growing up, what is the first film you remember seeing in theaters that you were the impetus for going to see? So like your parents weren't like, oh, we're going to go see this. You were like, please, may I watch the thing? Oh, gosh. Because everyone wanted to see The Lion King. That wasn't a hard sell. Oh, my gosh. What is that movie with Colin Farrell? Alexander? <laughs> okay. That movie. <laughs> with Colin Farrell and Angelina Jolie. And if you guys remember the the narrative structure, the the what happens in that movie, there it, it's, let me just say, it's not exactly the type of movie you want to see sitting next to your father. <laughs> that is accurate. Yes. Yeah. I remember being horrified because, you know, it's so sexually explicit. I feel like there was some sort of incest. I don't know. Oh, Did there was. There I, there was I a very uncomfortable relationship between yeah. the two. <laughs> yeah. And I walked out of it horrified and like just wanted to crawl inside myself and die. And I remember my parents coming out and, and grinning and saying, wow, we love, like, what a good movie. <laughs> they loved it so much. And I thought, okay. Great. Let's never talk about this ever again. <laughs> you know, at least someone had a good time at the film. It was a memorable, but potentially traumatic <laughs> first film yeah. that you wanted to go see. In the, well, that's a great answer. I love that answer so much. I have like a story about Alexander as well. So it, it is, it was a weirdly formative movie. Right? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's formative for everyone. Yes. Yeah. Well, my friend made us see it and I was usually the one who made us go see movies. And then yeah. uh, she apologized to us after it. And, and it was a payback for another one I made them go see. So I was like, we are even now. <laughs> what was the one that you made them go see? Daredevil, the Ben Affleck one. Oh my God. It, they were not comic book people. And like, I was, I am the comic nerd friend. And so I was like, please come see this. And then we walked out and I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love that. It's a sign of a true friendship, you know? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So my last question is a, a little philosophical one, but how do you define personal success now? And has that changed at all since you were younger? Oh my God. Oh, I have to be honest. So much of this has felt like a hypothetical or theoretical career that I just, it, it was hard for me to wrap my mind around. I mean, sure. I've, I think that before I had the chance to do this movie, there was a big part of me that was accepting that there was going to be a certain kind of work that I, I just wasn't, wasn't going to be able to do in, in my lifetime. And it wasn't like, like I'm a victim of circumstance. I didn't, I, I it was just something that I maybe had learned to accept. I mean, I can see now that that's so painful, but 
It just didn't feel like it was possible. So now, I mean, this idea of success, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, like nothing has changed. Like I don't feel as an actor, no matter who you are, I don't feel entitled to anything. And I am a firm subscriber of the belief that there are no small parts. I really feel that way. And and I think that's reflected in the work that I've done. Like I've always felt like here's this chance. I love my job. I'm going to assume that I'm never going to do it again. So if I have this chance, no matter what it is, how small it is or how it, what can I do? I feel very fulfilled by that of figuring out how do I embody this at times, absolutely insane person, <laughs> but it's really joyful for me. And I'm just trying to carry that torch, like that, that side, that part of me, that's just endlessly hungry for just more chances to more swings at the ball and just to, to see what happens for my own perverse, you know, curiosity. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Congrats on this film. I really, I loved it so much. I'm oh, sure everyone has so been much. saying that, but I was just like, oh, this is like so beautiful and, and oh, felt so, so accurate much. to New York and like the mixed experience. Anyway, anyway, uh, uh, thank you so, so much. Thank Congrats. you. So nice talking to you. A huge thank you to Greta for joining. Past Lives is out in theaters now. Please, please, please go see it. And that has been it for this episode. If you liked it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.